Come on, good morning. Good morning. All right, now that we sent the 4,000 kids out, we have some room, we could cool off, we could get comfortable. What a week! Man! Man! All right, anybody, did anybody come like expecting to hear a word from God today? I hope, I hope, man, I hope there's two of you. And, and the three of us, we're going to have an awesome time for the next couple hours. Let's just pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. I wrote, I wrote a new prayer for today, for this morning. Don't cry. It's going to be all right. All right. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Papa. Daddy, raise our expectation for this very moment, but also in our walk with you. Raise our awareness of your presence in our life, God. Raise the limitations that we put on ourselves and by doing so put on you, God. Raise our willingness to trust you more, to surrender more, to believe you more. Right now I ask you, God, to shut down fear in us. Shut down doubt in us. Release in us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Thank you that the spirit we receive from you does not make us slaves, but sons. Speak to us, your children, this morning. And be glorified in and through us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on. Amen. Let's get it. Let's get excited. Would you believe with me that God can raise your expectation? Would you believe with me this morning to, for the next couple of moments that God can raise your expectations? Can, God can raise the level of faith in this room. That, that's what I believe God has called us to do today, to raise the level of faith in this room, to raise the expect. I want us to be able to receive today revelation and impartation this morning from the Word of God and from the Spirit of God. So let me tell you this real quick before I start, before I go in. Don't be distracted. Tell the big mouth next to you, bro, shut it down for a couple minutes. Really, man. Tell, them, tell, tell somebody, I need this today. I need to hear from God. So shut it down, please. I love you, but you need a breath mint anyway, so it's better if you just... I want to talk to you this morning. And, 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 and listen, just remember, if you could be distracted, you could be destroyed. So be undistractable right now, amen? For a few minutes, a few minutes. I said hours, but I'm, I'm joking. A few minutes. Just be undistracted. If you can be distracted, you can be destroyed. I want to talk to you this morning about greater things. I believe God wants us to focus on greater things this morning. If you're just joining us today, this past week we served, I think at the highest point it was 140 kids. 140 kids every night, Monday through Friday from 6 p.m. till after 9 most nights. It took over 90 volunteers. Family, would you join me this morning in giving a standing ovation?
to the VBS team. To, come on. Amen. To those that gave, those that sacrificed. We have a special gift for our children's pastor. Can we give her the little special gift that we have for you? We love you. Awesome, awesome job. You may be seated. Listen, we cannot overthink. You think, well, we're making a big deal about VB. Yeah, yeah. We cannot overthink or be too grateful for those of you that gave this past week towards VBS. The meetings, the planning, the organizing, the setting up, the lesson plans, the games, the skits, the projects, the songs, the sound, the audiovisual, the cooking, the cleaning, the tearing down, the setting back up, the same t-shirts every day for five days. Rough, rough. Every day the, the people seem to come with less and less t-shirt. They kept cutting away parts of it. We should do a VBS t-shirt fashion show one day. At the end, just to show all the different designs that people did with their t-shirts. But I want to thank you for the physical support, the financial support. Those of you that couldn't make it, but you contribute regularly to the church, in your tithes, and your offerings, and you, you, you allowed this to be able to happen. FYI, for those of you concerned with the finances of the church, this one-week event cost us over $4,000. Not counting the utilities to run every fan, light, electric, sound, AC in the building for the whole week. Not counting that, over $4,000 to run, to run this, this VBS. And I love, love that we would do it all just for the kids. Just for the kids. Now listen, don't get me wrong. I am so happy that the church is back to almost normal. I'm happy that we don't look like a new bodega just opened up with all the flags and craziness. I know that I'll be pulling staples out of walls and wood frames for the next few months. I know that some of the walls will need to be repainted again, especially the whole ice tunnel. But I love that if it's for the kids, we don't care. Jesus said, let the little ones come unto me. Jesus said, that which you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto me. Listen, listen, I, I stress some of that stuff every, a little every year. And, and people, you know, when they're putting in the staples into the walls, they're always looking at their back watching for me to maybe hit them with a stick or something. I think I've thrown out about six or seven staple guns throughout the years. But they keep buying new ones and buying new ones and better ones and faster ones, more powerful ones. But listen, this year... God was showing me what we're actually doing through VBS. See, it's easy for us to look at it as a program. It's a kid's thing. It's something that we do. But God was showing me this year, we're, in fact, we're laying a foundation and putting in place and releasing over our children the, the, and the children of this community and the children of all the churches that sent their kids here this past week. What we're doing is we're laying a foundation and providing a generational blessing over them. 
You, you don't understand the, the power that that is by instilling in our children the provision, the comfort, the healing, the forgiveness, and the forever love of God. We're setting up a generation to walk in the fullness of God's glory. You, you got to get that because, see, in many cases, we're giving this generation something that many of us didn't have. How many of us had to learn the hard way? How many of us had to make a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of wrong turns to get to where we are today? Amen? We're, 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 you know, some of us grew up on our own without ever hearing that there was an actual God that actually hears us and loves us and cares for us. Some of us, you know, we, 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 many of us came to God later in our 20s and our 30s and our 40s even. Anybody? Amen? And, and that's only after living with generational curses handed down to us by our fathers and our, our fathers' fathers and our, and our families around us. Generational curses that kept us bound for years. Alcoholism, adultery, gambling, drug addiction, depression, suicide, religion even. Generational curses that kept us in poverty both physically and spiritually. But we're raising a generation of kids. I want you to get excited about this. We're raising a generation of kids that already know that God has the power to provide. And God has the power to comfort. And God has the power to heal. And God has the power to forgive. And God has the power to love us forever. Do you see it? This generation doesn't have to start where we started. Do you, do you understand? Do you, see, do you see what's happening? They don't have to start back where we started. They're starting ahead. They already know at this big that God, God can comfort me. You got to hear the stories and the, and the things that our leaders heard the whole week. You, you got to hear these kids praying and these kids telling testimonies. Oh, no, I know that, you know, this big, this big. Some of us are too old and we don't have the testimony some of these kids have. We're, they don't have to start where we started. Amen? Do you see it? This gener- can, can somebody say greater things? Listen, listen. The, I, I've been saying this for months now and I believe it and I believe it more and more and it's being confirmed and confirmed when we, when we see what's going on around. The, the, there's a movement of God that's coming and I believe we're seeing the signs of it. There's a movement of God that's coming. And I believe we're seeing the, listen, the stuff that the media draws our attention to, that's a distraction. I'm not talking some conspiracy theory. I want you to really open your eyes and see some things. The media draws our attention to and focuses us on what it wants us to to, to see as the reality. It's a distraction. It doesn't want you to see what God is doing. I mean, listen, listen, does it look like all hell is breaking loose on the earth right now? You can say hell yeah, go ahead. Yeah, hell yeah. But it, 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 it almost, it, it saddens me, but it makes me laugh because what did you expect would happen in the world? What did we expect would happen when we removed prayer and banned God from schools? What did you expect would happen when we are teaching now for generations, our kids, that they came from monkeys? 
that, that, that their only existence is because of a cosmic accident, big bang, everything fell into place, amoebas, microbe, boom, tadpole, monkey, me, Puerto Rican, Cuban. And so we've been telling, what did you expect would happen? What did you expect would happen when we swear on a Bible to get into the government but don't live by what it says? What, what did you expect would happen when, when we think we become so big that we can tell God where he belongs and where he has no business being? What did you think would happen when, <laughs> oh boy, when you redefine what you never had the power to define in the first place. That was four week claps. That's from all the people that changed their logos on Facebook to rainbows. I understand. I understand. As far as I'm concerned, it will always require a man and a woman to bring forth life. And I'll leave it at that. What did you expect, though? What did the world expect? Yes, there's a rise in crime. There's a rise in violence. There's a rise in abortion and rape. Why? Because those generations that were told they came from animals, they're old enough now to have sex. And they're old enough now to pull triggers. And they're old enough now to get high. And they can get high almost anywhere without a problem, without even being arrested. And, and let's be realistic. Why wouldn't they get high? Why wouldn't they get high? They have no purpose. You're an accident. You're a cosmic accident that came from a monkey. And you'll probably evolve into something else in, in 47 million years. But we'll never have the proof or the science to back it up. So why not get high? Why not rob and kill? Why shouldn't our young people just jump on anything that would stay still long enough to have sex with when we've told them they came from animals? So they're just doing what animals do. Amen? Anybody ever had a puppy jump on your leg? That's a picture of this generation. But we told them they came from animals. So that's totally fine. They're just acting like the animals that they, we told them they came from. But listen, throughout this good news, somebody say good news. Throughout all of history, whenever all hell is breaking loose, whenever it seems like nothing's going to get better, whenever it seems like nothing good can come, God always has a remnant. God always keeps his people. God said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. There, there's a, listen, there's a generation who's being raised with a better understanding of where they came from. Somebody say amen. amen. There, there, there's a, this past week, not just here, but in churches all over, they were doing VBS. And, and for a week at least, we saw, even in just in this building, this is just a small picture of what God is doing in the body of Christ. Okay, so this is a small picture, but we saw generations of generations teaching generations of generations. You, uh, you don't understand the beauty and the power. It's not just a bunch of viejos teaching the young kids. It was generations teaching generation by example, leading by, to generation. Our junior leaders were 11, 12 years old. And, and for this week, we, we, had, we had 
generations of kids singing, there's no greater power than the power of God. That's an amazing thing to sing. What are the kids in this world singing? What are they growing up with? You want to shock yourself? Pull up the top 50 songs on Spotify in the U.S. Top 50 songs on Spotify in the U.S. You'll find Rihanna. It's better have my money. It's better have my money. Don't, don't be shocked. Some of you got Rihanna on your playlist. So don't, don't act all holy because I said that in church. And that's one of the cleaner ones. Top 50. Uh, uh, the other one is uh, the, the famous one, the theme song from Fifty Shades of Grey. Talking about love with handcuffs on. See, but when it seems like all hell is breaking loose, somebody say, God is still with us. And, and, and I don't know if you caught this because we were in this bubble for the whole week, but, but, but there was a movement in the city happening. And this past weekend, there were thousands of people in Times Square gathered to hear the gospel. Times Square. There were hundreds, thousands of people in Radio City. There were 60,000 people on the Great Lawn in Central Park. 60. Do, do you understand? That's Jay-Z crowd. 60,000 people in the park of New York City. Those are icons in the city. Radio City, Times Square, Central Park. 60,000 people. Listen, hearing and singing and, and worshiping Jesus. Unashamed. And it wasn't corny. It wasn't cheesy. If you saw the, the setup, and, and it was amazing. They said it was 1,700 churches volunteered together to make that happen. If you don't think that's a move, listen, I haven't seen 17 churches come together to do anything. It's hard to get 17 Christians together to do everything. Not here, I mean, but you know what I'm saying. But 1,700 churches, well, you got to tell me, there's a move of God happening. Listen, and that movement is just the beginning that God is bringing. I believe it's not going to be a movement driven by famous preachers and famous um, artists or famous churches or brand name ministry. I believe it's going to be a consummation of the prophecy found in Joel 2.28. Let me give you this Old Testament prophecy. The prophet Joel said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Listen, listen. And then it says later, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We were just seeing that this past weekend at VBS. This past weekend at Times Square. This, this, this weekend at Central Park. And li- listen, a few weeks ago I had this dream. God, God is just amazing. I guess old men will dream dreams. I'm the BHO, so I gotta. So I had this dream, 
And in this dream, it was a bunch of us. We were in a river. We were hanging out, having a good time in the river. And then far off, I see this little kid. And he's, he's starting to, you know, kind of flail in the water like he's having a problem. And so I'm looking. And this kid, now he starts to go down. And I don't see him anymore. And I start screaming, hey, that kid is drowning. That kid is, but nobody's listening to me. And so I start running and swimming and running and swimming to get to him. And when I finally get to him, he's, he had gone under. And so now we're looking for this kid. We're looking for this kid everywhere. I finally see his body all the way down there and so I I reach in and I pull him out and he's a baby he's a little infant and so I'm holding him in my hand his head is here and his body doesn't reach the rest of my arm and so I'm holding him (coughs) and they tell me breathe into him breathe into him do CPR and so I'm in the water walking towards the shore and I'm holding him and I start to breathe life into this kid and on the second breath his lungs expanded and he started coughing and so I knew he was alive. And so then I'm walking toward, as I'm walking toward the ship, toward, toward the land, I'm, I'm getting closer. He's getting older. And before I notice, he's walking alongside of me and we're talking. This is in the, in the, in the trip from the rescue to the, to the land. And by the time, by the time I get to the, to the shore, I'm asking him, you know, who are your parents? What's your parents' names? Because I want to, you know, I want to, I, I want to connect him to his family. I want to be able to get him home. And by the time I get toward the shore, I notice he's walking in front of me. He's got a tattoo on the back of his neck. He's got a tribal tattoo on the back of his neck. And I realize this is not a little kid. Little kids can't get tattoos. And I realize, wait a minute, but he's been talking to me. Little kids can't talk. And by the time I get to shore, he's a big kid. He's 17, like 16, 17, 18 years old. He's a big guy. And he tells me, listen, thank you for rescuing me. But I'm good now. I can make it home on my own. After praying about that and talking to Gary, we're going back and forth. Listen, that young kid symbolizes a generation that's being swallowed up and lost. And we, we, the body, the church, not just me, not the pastors, not the lead, all of us, we, the body of Christ, need to be in the deep water. And we need to be there to pull them out, to rescue them, to breathe the breath of life back into these young people. We need to breathe dreams and goals and visions. And we need to breathe, breathe purpose into this generation that, that feels like they have no purpose. So why not just get high? Why not just have sex? Why not just, if you get pregnant, have abortions? Why not? It doesn't matter. We have no purpose. There's nothing after death. There's nothing. There's no purpose. They have to, we need to speak life into, these, into this generation. And we need to speak that to them. And, and listen, by, as, by going from a baby all the way to a, to a, to a young adult almost, that's the, that's the walk. We need to walk with this generation until discipleship. That's discipleship. We need to walk with them until they're older, until they're able to say, listen, I'm good. I can make it from here on my own. And then we need to release them. Then we need to release them. Amen. The tattoo on his neck, it, it, it's a symbol. He's a, it's a, he was a mark. This generation is marked by God. Mark, the, the, God has marked them, and that's why all hell has broken loose against them. But God has a remnant that he's keeping, and he's calling us. Amen. That's the calling. I'm, I want you to understand, that's the calling on my life. And because you're part of this church, that's the calling on this house. That's the calling on you. Somebody got to receive that this morning. The calling is on all of us. Because the Spirit of the Lord has been poured out on all of us. That, that prophecy says, the latter time spoken by the prophet Joel, it began in the book of Acts with the start of the church. When the church started, that prophecy started becoming, getting fulfilled. 
And so it, it, it was, let, let me give you a quick Bible history lesson on the Old Testament. See, because in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God fell on specific people for specific times for specific purposes. It wasn't the Spirit of God wasn't on everybody. As a matter of fact, when we read the Scriptures, we see that the Spirit of God went from one person to another person to another. It wasn't on all three of them. It was the Spirit of God was, God, God released it on specific people for specific purposes, okay? Understand, in the Old Testament, that's how it worked, and that's why it was recorded. That's why it was written, because whenever that happened, whenever the Spirit of God was with somebody, amazing things happened. Whenever the Spirit of God fell on somebody, their life was dramatically empowered. Their abilities were, were, were changed. Their capabilities were blown out. When the Spirit of God was with somebody on the Old Testament, something happened. Their limits were lifted. All the time, every time. Get that? Whenever the Spirit of God was with somebody, their limits were lifted. All the time, every time. Somebody say greater things. Listen, you'll never read... And the Spirit of the Lord came upon the young Sanchez sons, and nothing happened. Never. Whenever you read, the Spirit of the Lord came upon, then prepare, find, find your word, prepare for something incredible to happen. Amen? Let me share a couple of examples with you, because you're looking at me like you don't believe me. Genesis 41. Genesis 41, the Pharaoh of Egypt has a dream, and this dream torments him. And so he called all his brujos and brujas, and he called all his magicians and sorcerers to interpret the dream. They couldn't interpret the dream. <coughs> so he's going to have everybody killed. And somebody tells him, wait, there's a man that you have locked up, one of your prisoners. And he has the ability to interpret dreams. God speaks to that man. And so that man was Joseph. And so he calls Joseph. And, and he tells Joseph, Joseph, I understand that the Spirit of God is with you and that you, can, and that you can interpret dreams. Joseph says, I cannot, but God can. Tell me your dream. And so he interprets the dream. And, and the Pharaoh is so impressed. He says, where can we find a man like this who has the Spirit of God in him? And, and Joseph puts him as a ruler in charge of all of Egypt. Listen, this is a, a, a call. I, I wrote this down in my notes. This is a, a prophetic word for young people in this church. When the world sees the Spirit of God in you, it will put you in charge of things. The world, when they see the Spirit of God in you, it will, they will put you in charge of things because your abilities will be beyond, beyond your regular years and beyond your capabilities. Somebody needs to receive that. See, Joseph was a prisoner in Pharaoh's eyes, but the Spirit of God was on him and he made him a leader and it made him a ruler. Real quick, um, Numbers 27, 18. When someone was needed to succeed Moses, right? Moses had led the people out of captivity and now he was getting old and somebody was needed to, to continue the fight. And so the, the, the Spirit of the God, God told Moses, take Joshua in whom the Spirit of the Lord is. And so, uh, long story short, the, you know, the Spirit of God is with Joshua. He sent, they get to the promised land, and they're scared to go in, even though God says the promised land is yours, just go in and take it. They're scared a little bit, so they send ten spies in to live there for a month to check it out. And so those ten spies go in, and they see that the land is amazing, that the fruit and the, this and that and everything. But they also see that the men of that town are strong, that the army is strong. And so the spies come back and report to them and they say, listen man, you crazy? We're like grasshoppers. 
These guys are monsters. It's big. But Joshua, with the spirit of the Lord on them, and Caleb, they came back and they said, listen, those guys are big, but my God is bigger. And so then, when the Spirit of the Lord was with Joshua, he led Israel over the Jordan, took possession of the promised land, and fulfilled everything God. So when the Spirit of God is with Joshua, his faith was unshakable. He saw things that others couldn't see. He was bold and courageous. Let me give you another one. This one's crazy. Judges 6.34. I'm giving you the reference so you can go check it, read it in your Bible so you know it's there, and I'm not making this up because I'm talking fast, and I just want to get through this real quick. Judges 6.34, it says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he wanted Gideon to lead an army against the Midianites. Let me tell you this quick story. The Midianites were 135,000 strong. God, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he was able to raise 32,000 men. And so 32,000 men were willing to go fight 135,000. How many of you know those numbers are pretty bad? Anybody want to be in that kind of fight? Sounds like a bad idea, right? So, so they went and they were ready to fight. And then, so God wanted to show him that, that God doesn't need human strength. So God told him, listen, talk to your 32,000 men and ask them if anybody's afraid. And so Gideon said, is anybody afraid? 22,000 men raised their hands. God said, send those home. Send those home. We only got 32 to begin with. Send 22,000 home. So now there's 10,000 men if you guys are following the math. <laughs> God said, I don't even need, need 10,000 men to take out 135,000. He said, Give me, let's do another test. Take them down to the river and, and tell them to have a drink. And those that bend down to drink separate from those that gather water to drink. And, and so like 20, uh, forget the math, a bunch of them, right, well down. And he said, those that went down to drink, send them home. And we had 300 men left. Sparta, 300. There was 300 men left. God said, now take those 300 and take the land. And 300 men defeated 135,000. See, because when the Spirit of God was with them, numbers don't matter. The battle is the Lord's. Are you starting to understand? You see what I'm talking about? When the Spirit of God is with somebody for a specific time, for a specific purpose, like the Old Testament, something happens. Here's another one. Judges 14, 6, 6 it says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson, and a lion attacked the crowd, and he tore the lion apart like he was a baby lamb. He made pork chops with the lion. Penil, big penil. I don't know how that would taste, but Daisy would make it taste slamming. <laughs> Judges 14.9, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson, and he was able to defeat 30 men and take their clothes. How many of you know that's a humiliating beatdown? You and 29 of your boys got beat by one man, and he left you naked. Bad day. Judges 15, 14, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson while he was bound and shackled. And he broke the bonds, he broke the shackles, and with the jawbone of a donkey, he beat an army of a thousand men. A thousand men with a bone. See, so when the Spirit of God was with Samson, he had the ability to overcome all enemies. 
Somebody's not making a connection. You got to start to see what's, go ahead of me. Some, especially those with ADD, go ahead of me. Don't, don't, don't get distracted on the gram and on Facebook. Don't be distracted. Go ahead of me. If when the Spirit of God was with Samson, he was able to overcome and defeat all of his enemies. Let me give you one more. First Samuel chapter 10. There was a group of prophets that had come to the land and, and they were prophets and they were prophesying and it was amazing and people were there and they were hearing from God. And then it says the Spirit of God fell on Saul in power and he joined in their prophesying. Saul wasn't a prophet but when the Spirit of God was with him, he was able to prophesy. Two of you should have been excited about that one. So when the Spirit of God came upon him, he was able to hear from God and prophesy. In 1 Samuel 16, we read that the Spirit of the Lord left Saul and came upon David. Okay, check these these stories. These are awesome stories. And so every time Saul then was tormented by an evil spirit, they would call David to come and play for him. And whenever David worshipped, he brought deliverance to Saul. So when the Spirit of God is with someone, their worship brings freedom. Y'all not making a connection. Well, I need to start speaking Spanish. When the Spirit of God was with them, him, his worship brought freedom. So, so anyway, those are just a few examples. When the Spirit of the Lord is with people, they can be brave and courageous. They can be victorious. They can have unique giftings. They can prophesy. They can interpret dreams. They can hear from God. They can have wisdom beyond their ability and years. They can have supernatural strength in the spiritual as well as in the physical to overcome enemies and obstacles. When the Spirit of the Lord is with someone, his or her worship can bring deliverance. His or her worship releases freedom. So in the Old Testament, like we saw with Saul and David, the Spirit of God came to specific people for specific times to accomplish specific duties. But hold on. Somebody say, hold on. on. The prophet Joel said, in the latter days, the Spirit of God will fall on all flesh. Say greater things. Come on, catch up with me. I'm a lot more excited than you are. In the New Testament, under the New Covenant in Christ, the limitation of the Old Testament was lifted. Because the requirement was met by the sacrifice of the Son. John 14, when Jesus left the earth, he said, I will not leave you alone. The Father will send you a helper, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. And he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. Who's he talking to there? He's talking to his followers. He's talking to the whosoevers. He's talking to anyone that would believe the word says. In the book of Acts we read, it wasn't just the 11 disciples that he was talking to. In the book of Acts it says, there were 120 people gathered there. These were Dominicans, 120. You'll understand that in a minute. And for the first time, historically, for the first time, on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God fell on all of them, and all 120 believers that were gathered were filled with the Spirit of God. So it says that they were all baptized, and so they started speaking in other languages. 
And so some came out and they were saying, oh, but I thought, and, and the Dominicans in the group were like, he's talking our language. And then, and then some of them said, no, pero, pero chico, como que está? And so the Cubans were like, yo, he's talking my language. It said, I'm joking, but it's true. Read it in the book of Acts. It says, everybody that was there heard them speaking in their own language when the Spirit of God fell on them. Peter came out, now filled of the Spirit of God, and he started preaching to multitudes. And he, this is what he said in Acts 2.38. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you too will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Listen, receive this. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, who all whom the Lord is going to call. This gift is for you and your children and for all who... Listen, there were no more limitations. The Spirit of God no longer dwelled on specific people for specific times, for specific seasons. The Spirit of God fell on all flesh. I'm working harder than you getting worked up. Acts 2, 4 says all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. From that point on, we read that how these men filled with the Spirit of God went on to do mighty things. Everywhere they went, they were doing mighty things because the Spirit of God was with them. We hear all throughout the Gospels, miraculous healings. Miraculous healings. Peter and John left that place and they went toward a gate and there was a guy begging for money and he said, I don't got no money, but what I have I give to you. Get up and walk. Because Peter was now filled with the Spirit of God. He could speak things that weren't as if they were. He said, get up and walk. And the man got up and he started moonwalking and doing all kinds of jigs and dances and, and whatever. He, because the Spirit, and, and, and we read, and, and everywhere these men went, the blind see, the outcasts were reconciled to God, sometimes by the thousands, just like what happened in Central Park. The lepers were made whole. People were healed. Listen, some people were healed because they had faith in God, and some people were healed because of somebody else's faith in God. There was no, you, you understand, there was no formulas. There was like three or four blind people that Jesus healed, and everyone he healed a different way. One he spoke, one he told him to wash, one he spit in his eyes and told him, you know, why do you think Jesus did that? Because if he did it one way, we'd all think it was a formula, and we'd do that formula. Jesus said, no, man, when the Spirit of God, when you're walking with the Spirit of God, you speak things that aren't as if they were. And so everywhere these men went, even, listen, even the dead were raised. <coughs> because the Spirit of God was now with those that believe. Can I ask you a question, church? When did that change? When did that change? When, find me a verse that says that's all over. Find me a verse that says that was just for that time. Find me a verse that says that same Spirit of God is not with me and with you and with you and with you. And if the Spirit of God is with me, why am I not walking in those things? The answer is, there is no answer. The answer is we're not grabbing hold of it. 
The answer is we're not walking into it. The answer is, listen, we, we're not stepping out in faith. Because, see, the thing is, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you still have to act in faith. You still have to step out. It's not, the, the, the Spirit of God is not like a, like we see in the movies, like people get possessed by a demon, and the demon makes them go out and do things. That's not God. The, 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 the Spirit of God is gentle. The Spirit of God will fill you and empower you, and you still got to take a step. You, you understand? It's not the Spirit of God is not going to fill me and force my legs to move forward and walk on the air all the way to the back of the sound roof and walk back. I wish I could do that right now. Just to get your attention. Not to bring any glory to me, but just to get your attention. Just so you'd see that the Spirit of... I'm tempted to do it, so I better watch out. Not only, listen, 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 it gets better. Not only did that never change, God never took that away from us. As a matter of fact, he said this gift is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Not only is that still in effect, but Jesus comes now in the New Testament and Jesus said three times regarding all of that that people were seeing and doing and experience, he said three times, you will see greater things than these. Say greater things. John 1.47, somebody was impressed by the fact that Jesus knew something about him. He had word of knowledge. And he says, you're impressed by that? You shall see greater things than that. John 5, Jesus heals the man at the pool of Bethesda. And the religious people are all upset because he healed them on the Sabbath. And Jews are not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. Can you imagine? Like, yo, God, you're not supposed to heal on the Sabbath. We're supposed to keep the Sabbath holy for you. But you're healing people on the Sabbath. You're kind of messing things up. That's what happened. So they were angry at Jesus for doing that. And so Jesus said to them, verse 5, chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus said to them, listen, my father is always at work, even to this very day, and I too am working. He says, for this reason, the Jews tried harder and harder to kill him, not only because he was breaking the Sabbath, but because he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Verse 20, for the father loves the son and shows him all that he does. And yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than this. Even greater things. Understand, he just told a man that had been lame for 38 years. And everybody knew him because he always was there begging. And he just stood him up on legs the man never had. 38 years. And Jesus said, that. Great, you, even greater things you're going to see than that. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. Can somebody receive that today? Church, we have eternal life in us. Here's the point of the message. I'm sorry it took so long to get here. We have eternal life in us. We have that same resurrection power Within us, God has the power to love us forever. Wow. John 14, 11, he says, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of these miracles themselves. Verse 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing and he will do even greater things than these. I love the wording there, anyone who believes in me. Does that, is that, is anybody, does anybody here qualify as an ever, anyone? 
I love that. You don't have a reverend in front of your name, but you're in everyone. Nobody calls you pastor, but you're in everyone. Anyone. Amen? He says, anyone, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing and will do even greater things than these. Family, the spirit of the living God dwells in every one of us that believes. And I'm sorry, but I can't give you any better news than that today. I can't encourage you any more than that today. What else can I tell you? The spirit of the living God lives in you. The kingdom of heaven is in you. What else can I give you? What else can I give you? I can't empower you. I can't release you any more than that. We carry the spirit of the living God. We carry the kingdom within us. And here's here's his power. We can release it anywhere we are. When we walk into the room, the kingdom of God walks in with us. Oh, man. Four of you are going to get that and you're going to change your jobs and your workplaces and your schools. The rest of you are going to still keep it in your pocket like it's a Swiss army knife or something. Hey, this could do a lot of tricks. The spirit of the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven walks with you everywhere you go and you can release it. Listen, I, I started getting this revelation and, and here's my challenge to you this week. Change the atmosphere. Don't let it change you. That's my challenge to you this week. And you know what's awesome? I know this might sound like, this might sound like one of those as seen on TV things, you know, like, oh, they could do this and do this and do this. Listen, but the difference is, this is true. It can. And here's my, here's my challenge to you. Test it this week. Test it this week. I, I got this... <clears throat> I've been practicing this all week at work. I work on the executive floor of my job. So any decisions that are made for the entire corporation are made on that floor. These are all the big dogs of the company. These are all very highly influential, wealthy, rich people. And I'm their personal IT guy, me and Bert. And so I get there before they get there at 8 in the morning. And... I have access. No other IT guys can go to that floor. Nobody else. Everybody needs to check with me and Bert before they go to that floor. Anybody has to check with us before they have access to that floor. We have access. So I walk in at 8 in the morning. The whole place is empty. And I, I, I got this revelation a couple of weeks ago and I started walking in this. I said, you know what? I can bring the kingdom of heaven here. And so, you know, I went to the, I hope nobody's watching this, but I went to the CEO's office and I just prayed in front of it. And then I walked down to the COO's office and prayed in front of that one. And then I walked down to the CIO's office and prayed. And every C, whatever, walked and prayed. And, 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 and then, you know, the admins, because they could be a little crazy. I hope they're not watching. I love you guys. God bless you. Spirit of the living God. But, but sometimes they could be a little crazy and a little demanding because, you know, they're they're the admins to the big dogs, you know, so they have some empowerment type things, you know. And so I just started praying the peace of God in this place. And I started, I've been practicing this week and I've seen it change. I've seen it. I'm telling you, try it for yourselves. Don't go on me, but try it for yourselves. Change the environment. Don't let it change you. I, I used to be, listen, I, I get on the subways like a lot of you do. How many of you know there's a lot of crazy up on the subway? 
a lot of crazy. A lot of crazy. Right? I get up on the sun, and I used to be changed by the crazy. Right? I used to get in there and just start to feel threatened and start to feel, uh, and start to get in like, I'm walking like this down the subway, I'm ready, like, you know, because you get, there's so much crazy going on, right? But, but you know what? I, I started practicing. I said, wait, wait, wait. The kingdom of heaven is in me. I said, I'm going to release the kingdom in this car. And listen, I've seen crazy get chilled out all of a sudden. I've seen it. I've seen crazy. I, I, I believe I've stopped crime. I believe I've stopped incidents because I saw crazy. God showed me crazy rise up in somebody. And I said, God, silence that dude. Silence him. And if you don't, I'm going to. I'm going to. Because I'm not going to let him hit that woman. And he looks like he's about to hit that woman. If you don't, I'm going to. And, and I believe I've never had to hit anybody yet. <laughs> Thank, thankfully. I don't want to be in prison and you guys got to... Well, it'd be like Paul, kind of. I write letters from prison. It'd be awesome. No, no, let's not do that. Take that back. But you understand, the kingdom of heaven is with us. We bring that to anywhere that we are. And so, and so I've seen people come at me with, 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 with craziness in, at, at work and whatever. And I say, but Father, just put peace in this woman's heart. Just put peace. And then by the time we connect, everything's chill. And I say, what's the problem? How can we help you? And you can do that. The power of God. Listen, listen, I, I, I read, um, and, and this happens. You ever walk into the room and you feel something bad? You ever walk into a place and you get angry? You ever walk to some place and you get sad? You ever go someplace and you start questioning yourself? Like you feel like attacked. Oh man, I'm too ugly, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, I'm too this. And all of a sudden you just start self-condemning yourself. You know that's not you. Don't own that. That's not you. The Spirit of God is with you. You'll change the atmosphere. Don't let the atmosphere change you. You Listen, the kingdom of hell could be there. I heard this testimony. This lady, was, she likes to go hiking. And she was hiking on these mountains. And, and she got up to this cliff. And she's having a great time. She loves to hike because she loves to just spend time with the Lord, right? She's a preacher. And, she, and she's awesome. This is from Australia. And so she goes and she went to this mountain. And she gets to this cliff. And on this cliff, all of a sudden, she starts feeling like, man, I'm out of breath because I'm so fat, because I'm so ugly, because nobody loves me, I'll never find a husband. All of a sudden, it just started speaking. All these words started coming over her, and all of a sudden, she's beating herself up. She was happy in a moment. She got to this cliff, and she starts beating herself up, and man, nobody loves me, and, and, and I'm this. And then, and, you know, she gets over, and she, she kind of captures her, her, her get, gets, gets a grip, and she says, God, you know, she starts to pray, and that changes, okay? She tells the story when she gets back, and, and, and they told her, oh, you were at this such and such cliff. He says, like 80 to 80 to 90 people a year jump off that cliff to kill themselves. Every year, 80 to 90 people jump off that cliff and kill themselves. She didn't understand. See, the word says that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against the spirits, against principalities. And so she got to a place that had a curse of suicide on it. You guys walk in every day. We walk into situations. We're in a car with, what, how many people in the subway? 50, 60 sometimes. I mean, it gets crazy. You know the spirit that comes into that, that car? You know the spirit that's at your job? 
But the word says, listen, our spirit is so sensitive. We walk into a place and we feel it. I just want to encourage you today, don't own it. Ephesians 6.12 says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Here's a challenge for you. Read Ephesians 6 this week. When I get back from vacation, I'm going to be teaching on the armor of God because I really, I see it differently. I used to, listen, I used to see it as a kid's thing. I used to, I read that scripture a dozen times and I used to think, see it as a kid's thing. You put on the little armor of God, you put on the little helmet, you put on the little, the sword, and you're like, yeah, and it's for VBS. It's for me. It's for you. We need the armor of God to walk in this place. And so listen, what's awesome, and I'll just talk about this one little thing and I'm done, I promise. Here's the key scripture, and I'm, I'm confessing to you that I never really took this seriously in my life, but I see it now. We need the first piece that the soldier puts on is the belt of truth. Let me give you a picture. The soldiers in those times, their clothes, they were long gowns and undergarments. And so for a soldier to get ready for battle, he'd have to pull that long gown up and gird it, and then tuck everything in, and, and have this wrapped around, you know, because so, you can't run with a long gown. You know how you ladies try to run with a dress on? Only in the movies. So you pull that up, and you gird it, and you tuck it, and you tuck it, and then they gird it with the belt. Paul says that's a picture of the belt of truth. The belt of truth keeps everything together. The belt of truth. Listen, there's so many lies that we're hearing out. The moment we leave this place, we hear lies. The enemy, our own flesh, our own insecurities. People, your ex, your ex this and your ex that is always, you're a no good for nothing. You're this, that, blah, blah, blah. We have, even sometimes our own parents will tell you, man, you're just like your father. You're just like your mother. You're going to be this, this. And, and we have all these lies coming to speak. But when we gird up, it, when we get those lies from the enemy every day, it keeps us distracted and it keeps us ineffective. But listen, when we hear a word from our flesh, from the enemy, you, like something, you, the illegitimate son of your father who never loved you and you're going to be just like him. But with the belt of truth on, we can quickly reject that thought. And we can say, no, 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 that's not me. I'm the adopted son of a king. And I've broken the curse and I'll leave a legacy for my children to follow. See, when you gird yourself up with the truth, you don't entertain the lie. When your insecurities or whatever tell you, or all the photoshopped images on Facebook tell you, you're ugly, you're not attractive, no one will ever love you. You, you, you look down and you see the truth and you say, whoa, 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 nah. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves me, I have people who love me, and even now God is preparing a special one just for me. Somebody say amen. Amen. Sometimes you'll, you'll, you'll get sick or a sickness or a disease and, and you'll hear <coughs> in you and, and the reports and somebody will say, that sickness is going to kill you. You can't get past that. You can't overcome its power. But with the belt of truth, we can sing back to our circumstances and, and whisper, there's no greater power than the power of my God. Practice that song. Can you imagine when, when, when stuff, when the lies come against you, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel like you're outnumbered, just start to hum. There's no greater power than... 
and your power, your, your worship, because the Spirit of God is in you, will bring deliverance. Worship team, come. Everybody's getting restless. The belt holds it all together. We're going to get into the rest of the, to, to the armor of God another time, but I, I want you to, at least this week, walk around naked with just the belt on. Because it'll be more than many of you have ever done. And you're going to see the amazing, the glory. You're going to want to come back and put on the rest of the armor. Because when you're walking around with the truth, you don't let the lie feed into you. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Jesus said we'll do greater things. Even greater things than this. Let me release this real quick as the worship team comes. Right now, in this room, there's healing. You, and, and, and you know what? You don't need me to pray for you. You don't need a healing ministry to come pray for you. We, we do that because we love you and, and, and we're called to do that and the word says to do that. But understand, that's not even necessary. Right now in this room, there's healing. Right in your chairs, there's healing. Those of you that are listening online, there's healing. Right where you are, you don't even have to be gathered here. You don't even have to have people around you. Right where you are, the Spirit of God inside you can release healing. Can we just stand? Can we just change our position for a minute? There's, there's deliverance in this room right now. Some of you have been... You've been bound by so much junk. You've been bound by the abuse and by, by so much junk that you've carried. Listen, right now, there's, there's you. God has the, given us the power. The Spirit of God in us has given us the power to forgive. Some of you, before you get free, you're going to have to forgive. I hate to bring that to you that way, but it's the way it works. Jesus said, you want my forgiveness, you need to forgive. And you could be hard right now and say, I'll never forgive that dude. I'll never forgive what she did to me. Never. I'm not telling you to go back into a relationship with that person. I'm not telling you to even go and, and, and be anywhere in the vicinity if it's that kind of... I'm not tell, sending you back to hell. I'm, I want you to release heaven from the inside. You don't have to go anywhere. You can say right here, God, I'm going to let that go. I release that. And there's forgiveness right now in this room. And I believe with forgiveness comes deliverance. With forgiveness comes healing. With forgiveness comes refreshing. Would you be refreshed this morning? Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord. It's my word to you today. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Family, finally, be strong in the Lord. The Spirit of God is on you. The Spirit of God is on you. I'm sorry, that should have been the whole message. The Spirit of God is on you. Now finally, be strong in the Lord. Because that's all you need. 
the Spirit of God. Can you just kind of meditate for a moment? Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Just forget me for a moment. Just get with you and God for a moment. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Some of you right now, you're going to start to feel because God just I just felt like God was sharing me that there was healing in the room, and that's going to happen right now. So some of you might start to feel some things in your body. You might start to feel a warmth someplace that hurts. You might start to feel uh, 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 just something that you feel like doing that you couldn't do before, and God is telling you to step out in faith and try it. You might be blind in one eye. God is telling you to look out of that eye right now. You might be deaf in one ear. God is saying, listen with that ear right now. You might have an an internal thing uh, where there's cancer, where there's whatever degenerative stuff that's been tearing down your body. And God is saying right now, just speak life into it. Just speak. Let the spirit of the God, the spirit of the living God is in you. Would you pray for yourselves right now? Pray for yourselves right now. I'm not going to call you up. We're not going to lay hands on you. There's a movement of God coming and God's going to need every single one of us here to be the leaders of it. We're going to need to be here when they come in off the streets and say, I need God. I need healing. I need, I need to be made whole, man. I've tried everything else. I need God. And we need to be here right now. Let me bring you to the pastor. No, let me pray for you right here in the back. Let me lay hands on you right here in the back. Let me stand with you. This promise. And then, and then we tell the stranger. We tell the, the outcast as soon as they walk into the door. This promise is for you. And for your children. And for those that are far off. Believe today and receive. Listen, if you've never received, you've never believed on Jesus, if you've never believed that, that, that God sent His Son to pay the price so that you can be forgiven, if you've never received that forgiveness, then you receive that right now. Because this promise is for you. Receive the Spirit of God right now. You don't have to say a special prayer. You don't have to just receive. Say, God, I accept your forgiveness. I I receive your forgiveness, God. I thank you for what you've done for me. And I receive it and I choose to follow you. Show me how to follow you. I still have doubts. I still have questions. I I have a hard time believing everything that I've heard and that I've read. But God, I want to trust you. If that's you, would you just, just pray that today? Amen, David. The spirit of the living God is in you. Yes, yes. 